You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We've made it to Season 3, Episode 25, The One at the Beach. Uh, it's it's a favourite of mine, Mark. Is it one of yours? It is, definitely. It's one of those good ones. Um, I'm Ryan, and I feel floopy. And I'm Mark. And no, I won't play one-on-one strip poker with you for the practice. I mean, really, Mark, there's some things we can just keep, you know, off-air. <laughs> you don't have to tell everyone all our secrets. Well, it's uh, it's more your secrets. You're the one who wanted to play it in your fancy watching friends robe that you're wearing. As we are, uh, we're we're re- recording remotely. I will say, in case that uh, gets even weirder. I'm like you have now. I just like live my life in a in a dressing gown. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but we begin, Mark. Where else? At Central Park, and uh, Chandler's on the sofa chatting to Ross and Bunny. Uh, and I'm gonna say, Mark. Ross and Bonnie are sat all cosy, holding hands. Ross's arm is around her. Uh, you know, it's looking very couple over there in Ross and Bonnie land. Um, but Rachel is distressed watching from the shop counter with Monica and Joey. I mean, that's fair. That like, that well, we had like a tiny bit of Bonnie uh, last episode and her being sexually aggressive by putting her hand on Ross's knee. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we didn't get to know her too much uh, over the two dates that he had with her. So this almost feels uh, a little bit strong, just because we haven't got to know her yet. It's true. Uh, But Chandler is getting to know Bonnie very well, because she's telling Chandler that her first sexual experience was with a woman. Uh, I guess Ross has a type. Hmm. (laughs) He certainly does. Uh, If only Joey was there, he would definitely want to be listening to this uh, story. And before you ask Mark, yes, I can relate. <laughs> oh, can you? Is, is every woman that you date a lesbian? Seems to be. <laughs> or at least bi. Um, well, she and a gal pal got drunk at the age of 15. Terrible. And uh, they made out. Um, and this I found really odd because I don't really consider making out a sexual experience. Like, it's just, a, just kissing. Yeah, I guess not. Like, would, I, would it constitute cheating in a relationship? Yes. But I wouldn't be like, oh, like, I mean, not that you should kiss and tell because it's gross and tacky, but I'm not going to, like, run into the office and be like, Mark, Mark, I kissed somebody. Like, it's just not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not an exciting story well, to tell you. Americans are quite strange with kissing because you have kissing over there and then you have French kissing, which is seen as, like, the, the, the very sexual version of it. It is really difficult as an Englishman to not make some kind of French joke when you said French kissing. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, to point out that I'm proud of myself for not doing this. But like, yeah, I guess like it depends what type of kissing they, they were doing. Um, you know, maybe it comes back to the whole uh, religion and Christianity over there. You know, you know, even holding hands for, for some people can be seen as, you know, too, too far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Americans have lots of weird phrases. And I feel like the majority of words to describe physical acts are all weird and just sound horrible and don't make any of it sound fun. Have you, have you got like, third base? No, I stri- struck out. <laughs> I mean, I, see, we have cricket over here, so I don't know what, what you know. My, well, it's, this is like the joke, uh, definitely in comedy, if not over here, is like, ah, oh, I got to seventh base. It's like, what a second, third, fourth, fifth. 
Yeah, like it's I didn't think there were that many. Like there's four, the four bases right in baseball. Yeah, there's four bases in baseball. But like in like cricket, we have like terms like like silly wicket or whatever, and that's a like, <laughs> daft. Side, you know? Like how did you get on that, Mark? Right, I got to silly wicket and tight slip and all these other things, and I don't look. I don't even know if they're real cricket phrases, but they sound real enough. Uh, but it just they're all saying like snogging sounds gross, making out. To me, that sounds like you like had a lot of money. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, I went to see anyone made out. To me, that implies you know you won something, I guess. But they're, all the phrases make the things they're doing sound unenjoyable. Yeah, I guess they're they're quite vague. It's like all the different phrases for you know like having sex. Most of the time, just saying sex what works when you like you know. I mean, we're not Shakespeare with a beast for two backs or no. you know like oh we did it and it's just like did what like it just they're all just weird. And we should just we should just stick to calling things what they are. Okay. <laughs> so you had coitus, Ryan. Yeah, coitus. I had coitus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that word on the Big Bang Theory, which is a, a point they they try to make as well. Yeah, I mean, Big Bang Theory is hitting missing it. To be fair, like this isn't a, a Big Bang Theory podcast because I'd never make one. But <laughs> you know, it's just it's in there as a show. Uh, but Rachel is eavesdropping and asks Joey and Monica if Bonnie can talk about anything other than sex. Uh, but then Joey jumps to her defense. Apparently, she was talking about geography earlier, but it turns out she was actually just listing all the countries she's had sex in. I mean, let's go back to series one of Friends, and they did not stop talking about sex. So, Rachel, shut up. You yeah, were there. I'm like, I'm like, check your season, woman. Like, yeah. like <laughs> go back and you'll see. Um, but that, that's a good joke, you know. She's talking about countries that she had sex in. <laughs> so, I mean. It, it, again, I, it's a weird conversation to have. Like, I don't, I, I don't know at what point someone would just go. So, in which national borders have you crossed some borders? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Like, what, why is I, that a conversation? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's more led by her than the guys. Um, certainly, I've met people like this where they want to tell you every detail about their their life, and normally they they go to the the gory parts first. You're like, oh, okay, didn't need to to know that. It's not really important to. Getting to know you. I'm sure, you know, an adult of, of, of consenting age and you travel around, for the most part, pretty much everyone's going to have, you know, got some in every country they've been in. Like, I can't think of a country I've visited and not, mostly because I've been tra- traveled with partners and things, you know what I mean? It's not like I've, not like I've just gone, <laughs> look out, Thailand, Ryan's here! <laughs> just, just like ran around fully. Well, I was but, about to say you've only been to two countries, but fair enough. In many countries. But still, even so, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a weird conversation. And I'm like, well, surely most adults have slept with people in most countries they've been to because it's not exactly exciting, is it? It's just, okay, now we're in this country. It's not like it changes. It's not like you get down under and have to go down under. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's just what it is. But I'm just, I'm just a bit perplexed by Bonnie at this point. Um, uh, she, she obviously just likes to talk about sex, I guess, which is uh, good for Ross. Yep, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, but clearly Rachel also hasn't got over Bonnie and the fact that she's no longer bald I don't think it's the being bald I think it's the being extremely attractive that's the issue it does help that I mean of all the, the women Ross dates I would probably say that Bonnie is is you know is my favourite in uh, terms of looks uh, and, and when she's it. bald you don't even notice uh, you know what some people can carry it off like I've met people that have been bald like women that have been bald and they've been completely working it like it hasn't affected the, how they look at all. I'm like, oh, you're still really pretty. Um, I wonder what you'd look like bald, Mark. Would you still be pretty? Like an egg. I don't know. I'm terrified about what I look like bald. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. They'll just be like, oh, all his hair fell down to his chin. Uh, yeah, it would just scare me. Just no, I don't want. You'd just be an upside down hair. face. A friend of mine does wigs for um, a local ballet company, and uh, one day I'm like, can you get me a bald cap and have a look and just see how scary it would actually be? I think that would be fun. We should. Uh, but then Phoebe comes in and she's all excited as she's tracked down an old friend of her parents and wants to go meet her, hoping she can find some information about her dad's whereabouts. This lady lives by the beach, so Phoebe invites the guys to the beach. Any excuse, really, I'd take it. I mean, yeah, this this kind of comes out of left field a little bit, like the whole trying to find her, you know, dad and stuff kind of disappeared for quite a while. It did, for so long, in fact, Mark, that when... Phoebe first said this, I was like, wait, have we not done the whole Phoebe outside the house in the cab thing? And I'm like, no, wait, we've definitely done that. Yeah, we've done we've done this. I'm like, but we've not met Frank yet. And I'm like, no. oh, trying to realign my timelines in my head. Uh, but yeah, it is just kind of like, oh yeah, remember that plot thread we abandoned a while ago? <laughs> Let's pick it back up. But then we get the titles. Um, you know, I practice my claps as we do. You, can, you know, you yep. do it every time. Um, we're back now, but we're still at Central Park. But this time we're outside. It's progress, Mark. We're getting steadily further away from Central Park, even if it's just, you know, side of the shop. I mean, yeah, um, this is this is nice. It's, it's one of the first proper episodes where we don't get the familiar locations and it is just completely somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it, you are right. It is just, I mean, I hadn't really ever thought about it until you mentioned it on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's see more of the world. And then every time it is now, I notice and go, oh, Mark will be excited because we're, you know, outside yeah. the shop or, you know, in London, baby, or whatever. Um, but Monica is chatting with Chandler after she sees a couple smooch in the street about how she's never... I like how I said at the start of this podcast, the stupid names people give things are stupid and we should just use the word. And I've used like seven synonyms <laughs> since. Yes. Oh, I'm just as bad as the public, apparently. Um, but yeah, she's never going to find someone and will die an old maid. Uh, but Channel is there to correct her. And we get our first clip of the episode. Did you look at them? Never going to find a boyfriend again. Die an old maid. You're not going to die an old maid. Maybe an old spinster cook. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, no, besides, worst comes to worst, I'll be your boyfriend. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> you made a joke, right? <laughs> so I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> a little too hard. <laughs> what am I, not uh, boyfriend material? <laughs> no, you're Chandler. <laughs> you know, Chandler. <laughs> okay, so we've established my name and hit me. <laughs> Theoretically, you know, I mean, say we weren't friends. Say it's a blind date. I show up at your door and I'm like, uh, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, hey. I'd probably be scared of the guy using a fake voice. Well, you know, Chano has done this be before a few times. Like, you know, I wouldn't say teased Monica, but said, you know, what about us? He has. It's weird because obviously... It's interesting because we know, you know, we all know how the show ends. We all know the, the Monica and, and Chandler story and how that goes. Um, but it's still a long way off from, you know, they don't know that we know they know we know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he has done it. I mean, he does it in the hospital with when uh, Carol's giving birth, doesn't he? Suggests that him and she could end up together and, you know, start a family. And Clearly, he's got it in his mind somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's clearly like, hey, you know, what if... And you have to wonder... 
if maybe he has always thought about it as like, you know, maybe, you know, Monica is attractive and she's fun and we get on. Maybe we should date, but he's always been too scared to, to I guess, go that far in the fear of like losing the friendship or because he's not confident in himself or because of what Ross might do. I don't know. I mean, have you ever told a friend uh, that you're into them? Um, I don't know. I don't think I would put it that way. I don't, I don't think it would be, you know, we're just hanging out and I turn around and be like, hi there, I fancy you, we should date. Because I think that would be extremely awkward. Eh? I, I feel like the, the way it has to work is it just kind of happens more naturally. And not in the, the typical Ross grab the spoon, I need to like edge it out and, and confirm that it's going to be okay for me to ask to date you before I actually do seven years later. I think I've only verbalized it once. Like like you said, the other the other times it's been like a it just you know, one thing led to another and there you go. You know, words were not needed. Um and the one time I did do it, it went very well. Um I remember being very drunk and just being like, No, I have to say this now because if I don't I might not see her for ages and then I told her and Maybe that's why it worked because you were drunk and if you'd both been sober, it might have been more awkward. I mean I assumed it worked because I'm pretty. <laughs> Well, no, yeah, it was. It wasn't. To be honest, it wasn't awkward. I think, I think in that one instance, um, what should have been like, it was kind of ner- It was nerve wracking, but it wasn't scary. Like it was like, oh my god, this is like a big dynamic change. But at no point was I worried about the friendship. It wasn't like I thought if I tell her this, this could ruin our friendship. I just thought if I tell her this and she knocks me back, we'll be. Like, if anything, like in a week's time, she'll be like, remember when you said you liked me? <laughs> and we'll all laugh about it. Um, but also, you hadn't been sitting on it for months and months of like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. It- just came to you that that moment right yeah pretty much i mean obviously i knew i liked her but you know it wasn't like i'd been you know standing there every day going i'm gonna do it now i'm gonna do it now i just spent and you know an evening with her and was like you know what? i really do like this girl i'm gonna tell her yeah so I, I i do wonder why chandler does this part of it could just be him being nice and supportive like hey well if it doesn't work out i'm always here for you and knows it, it the kind words he's saying don't have to matter because it's never going to happen sort of thing or yeah, if like- it's deeper than that I love Chandler's reaction to this scene because it's so comedically neurotic. I think, to be honest, I think I kind of react the same way because you've made a sweet, if not serious, offer. Like, he's definitely lightheartedly said it. He wasn't proposing to Monica. He was just, you know, nice gesture and like, you know, don't worry, you won't be alone. You know, he's trying to be, you know, sweet. But for that level of laughter, it would be a kick in the feels and I'd, then I'd want an explanation. I'm like, why is that so funny? Like, a little chuckle of like, <laughs> Ryan, you're so silly. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, aren't I silly? I might be like, ah, oh, damn. You know, that would have been a bad reaction. I, I was going to say women, but I think it is just like the opposite person. Do tend to analyze. Instead of just being like, thank you, or that's nice, they tend to not throw it in your face, but but do it in a way where you're like, hang on, I was just like half joking, and now you're being serious, and now I'm wondering what this actually means. Yeah, I jokingly made an offer to a girl I used to work with. Like, you know, if, if neither one of us are married by the time we're 40, I'll marry you. And her laugh was, oh, you're so sweet, but no, cut your hair. And I was just like, yeah. what? I was like, no wonder you're alone. And I just started teasing her about why she was single and probably going to become an old spinster because she talks to people like that. Um, but yeah, it, I would want to know like why. It's, it would hurt you in the feelings, I think, if her, the reaction was that much laughter. Yeah, even if you're not serious, you'd be like, well, what is wrong with me? Like, surely I'm at least like a five out of ten acceptable yeah, like you know, we hang out a lot. We could we could just do that and do it as a couple. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things where 
people tend not to maybe it's more of a uh, this is a bit tad sexist but i guess maybe it's more of a woman thing than a man thing where women tend to i mean i see memes all the time and i've come, had conversations with women where they've said that it's really annoying when a male friend tells them that they like them because it feels like they've lost a friend and that friendship was never real because they only only kind of got close to them to try and be more than a friend yeah which i think is a really weird assessment of it i'm like well no like it could have started as friendship and then blossomed to something else or maybe that was their intention but even if it was there's still an existing relationship. like it's not ruined like it wouldn't be if a girl who was friends with me or person who was friends with me told me they liked me um it hasn't ruined the friendship or cheapened the friendship i've just gone you know what i'm not into you and then we've carried on i think the the alternative side of that is though for men men are fragile creatures and you know not having someone like you you know is is quite hurtful because you know you don't always get the attention as often as as women can do I mean, I'm definitely not Rachel Green. Like, I'm not immune to the foibles of dating. So rejection is nothing new to, to you know, me at my age being the Warhammer playing comic nerd that I am. So no, but <laughs> so, Certainly for, like, Chandler, though, he doesn't get the the positive reaction a lot of the time. Whereas Joey does all the time. So so a rejection to Joey is probably, uh, who cares? Whereas Chandler, it's like, yeah, there's, there's another one to add to the list. And I, I guess it hurts more given that it is someone he's so close to because it's like, ah, well, like, you really know me. So when you reject me, you're really rejecting me as opposed to it just being the girl at the bar doesn't want to have a conversation. Yeah. Like, you know, you're meant to be my friend. You hang out with me. What is wrong with me? Like, and if you, there is this stuff wrong, why haven't you told me yet? You're like, help me fix this. Yeah. <laughs> like, do something. Um, but luckily, Joey arrives to break the tension and he's got a brown paper bag. Monica thinks it's food. Guess she, of course she would. You know, in fact, Monica's still in there somewhere. Um, but it's not. It's just Joey's luggage. And of course he doesn't have a travel bag, because why would he? He's Joey. Well, yeah, but he's he's a simple guy. He's probably like, yep, I brought my shorts. I brought a spare change of clothes. What else do I need? I mean, this is the start of, I guess, what a friend, friend of mine and I call the dumbening, where Joey starts to get steadily stupider and stupider as the seasons go on now. And to me, like, bringing your luggage in a brown paper bag, like he's a grown man. He's an actor that you know, travels. He would have a suitcase. He he would, but um, I'm sure we have a, a friend or two who would probably do something similar when you said, let's go on holiday, and they didn't even do any basic research into what that entails, and were just like, I put it in the Tesco's bag, job done. It's a bag, it carries things. Yeah, that rings true, to be fair. I could definitely, but I could definitely put a name to that statement. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to, but I definitely could. Um, but Phoebe pulls up in the death trap, I mean, cab. Um, it just, I would not get in that thing, Mark. No. I'll be honest with you. Right, just no. Um, Ross is letting everyone's stuff into the boot or trunk, if you're American, uh, the storage compartment of the car. The back, um, the back boot, because cars have many boots now. Oh, it's just the front. Your story, yeah, the whatever we're going to call it, that bit. Um, and Phoebe's is talking about us having the best karma this week. Uh, first, she finds the lady who might know her parents. Then her client let, lets her use the beach house. But then Ross brings up the courier she hit. Um, but Phoebe isn't talking about his karma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it it is Phoebe comes out with some odd stuff um, but I'm kind of with her on this one like we know we, she wouldn't have hit the guy on purpose so maybe the universe was challenging its power like through Phoebe and the death cab to, you know because it, it technically is his karma like she didn't do this on purpose so why would it impact her karma um, this whole thing kind of I guess goes into America's and the West's massive misunderstanding of karma like it isn't something that's doled out to you during the course of your life it's like totaled up and decided at the end of it Oh, is it? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, so from my understanding of it, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. Your karma's like a kind of total score, and then you get to the end of your life, and you get to, you know, like, I don't know, the reincarnation wheel. You hit a person, like, oh. minus five points, bam. You gave yeah, like, you you gave a kid and someone, plus two points, yes. Yeah, you know, you look, it's like when you play like a, a Japanese like Bayonetta, and you get to the end of a chapter, and yeah. it's like, re-rank, and you're like, damn it! <laughs> like, it's like that, essentially. <laughs> so you get, your, you get your score, and then based on your score, you reincarnate as something like closer or further away from nirvana i guess okay um it's not something that you know impacts you i mean it's not like i stamp on a bug and then a bus hits my mum. like that's not, that's not how it works like it's just it's at the end of your your cycle what did you do in your previous life then i don't know i mean we all came back as human that feels like a pretty pretty bad punishment i don't know humans are pretty up there on the food chain so could be worse could it's be a like, you could be a um, stink bug or something yeah, but they are really short. Like, I feel like that's not that bad. Like, if you get reincarnated as an insect, your life cycle's probably, what, a fortnight? So even if being a dung, dung beetle sucks, when it, you know, A, you're probably not that cognitively aware because you're a bug. And two, you're not a bug for that long, even if you're entirely aware. I, I would trade I would trade two weeks of pushing poo around as a bug in, like, a desert for most of my school years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't enjoyable for the most part. In most of my maths lessons, just give me a week shoveling poo. If it replaces it with maths, it's fine. Done. I can't. I, I kind of want to send you off to like the the desert right now and just be like, here, push this around. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it an episode this week, Mark? Ryan sh- rolling poo around. And I- <laughs> <laughs> He's having a whale of a time. <laughs> yeah, I need. Well, I need yeah. to find a new host. He doesn't want to come back. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I keep making the ball bigger and bigger, and now it's the the world's largest turd ball. It's weird. This is a weird tangent. Yeah. Let, let's let's move on. <laughs> let's get move on. Um, Rachel arrives and has two entire suitcases, which is such a good sight gag. Um, I'm very happy to see the return of sight gags to friends. It's something we mention occasionally. Um, but this episode, I was noticing them all over the place. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so on brand for her. I mean, you know, but. That's not the sight gag mark that we're meant to be paying attention to. It's a giant hat. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 a monster of a hat. It's huge. Um, Chandler mocks the hat and implies that it's a flying saucer that once abducted him. Uh, you know what? I didn't find that that funny. Normally, Chandler's jokes were a little better. This this fell a bit flat for me. I was like, oh, it's not that good, Chandler. You've overcommitted here. No. But still, but Monica asks her where she got it, and it turns out it was a gift from Ross. Of course. I see you, Miss Green. Oh, let's just wear a little memento of the time Ross and I were a couple. It's sneaky, 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 and it needs to stop. Well, yeah, because the the previous episode, she was like, oh, Ross can't be with another woman because I kind of like him. So the feelings are, are coming back for her after quite a few episodes of her trying to, like, squish them deep down. It's just, it's just her trying to, you know, trigger memories in, you know, Ross, I guess. Like, oh, let's give Ross some, you know, like Rachel nostalgia. And it's like, he's got Bonnie. Back off, Rachel. But also, Rachel doesn't need to give him nostalgia. She could just go up to him and be like, Ross, do you want to be back together? And he'll be like, yes. So yeah. she, 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 she's kind of doing this to, to mess with him. And maybe, you know, she wants to, she wants to feel like she's the, the one that's attractive, I guess. I, I think she misses... Ross kind of chasing her and he's finally moving on and that she's like wait why isn't Ross trying to get back with me why isn't Ross at my beck and call why yeah. isn't Ross Ross and then yeah obviously now he's not giving her that attention suddenly she misses it and, and wants even a little bit of it back I guess yeah uh, but then we cut to the beach and it's absolutely pouring down with rain so you know just standard British beach 
Um, made, me, made me feel quite at home watching that clip. Yeah, as a as a beach episode, you're expecting like beautiful blue skies and sunshine, and it's actually quite kind of miserable looking. It, this happens again later on when they when they go to Barbados in the Caribbean, and you know, oh sunshine, but it rains the entire time because clearly they're in a set somewhere. Yeah, and, and they can't make it as bright and and beautiful looking. Yeah, but you know, it's a clever movie to be fair. Like, oh no, if it's still going to stay in in a set, I guess, or wherever. So let, it can rain. No one wants to be on the beach in the rain. Um, but the gang rush into the beach house, and it's full of sand. Um, apparently, uh, the guy who lent the house to them did say that it is prone to floods. I quite like this set. Like standing on the sand is such a wonderful feeling, and then just being around your house. In some ways, you'd be like, "Yeah, this would be really cool. I can just walk barefoot the whole time." Sand is quite cooling and quite nice. Until you realise sand does kind of get everywhere and is annoying eventually. I feel like maybe just like one room of the house, like the, what would you call it? The, like the lobby part of the house? Well, you know, you'd have like maybe a couple of chairs. Almost like a, you know, you've got a conservatory at the back of your house. Imagine like a beach conservatory at the front. Yes. That would be cool. It, well, well surely in this house, that would just be the beach. Yeah, but you might still want to be inside. Right, okay. Rainy, but you still want the sand, so you have your like you know front conservatory with your sand in. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, Phoebe now heads off to meet Phoebe, and we got our next clip. Surprise, Phoebe Abbott! I'm your best friend's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> your Irwin's daughter? Oh, no, I I mean your your old best friend here, Lily from high school. Remember? Oh God, Lily. Yes, of course I remember Lily. I. And you must be... Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe, yeah. She named me after you, I guess. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, look, there's Frank. Yeah, yes, 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 that's my dad. That's Frank. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting all flingy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Take it easy. If you want, there's cookies on the counter. Or, or, or sangria. I could make sangria. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> cookies are good. Thanks. Oh. Oh, oh um... Anyway, um... I've been I've been looking for my father and um, have you heard from him or seen him? Oh no, I'm I'm sorry. I I guess I lost track of everybody after high school. Oh. Okay. Well, so tell me everything about my parents. Everything. <laughs> oh well, you know we were always together. Mm-hmm. In fact, the other kids had a nickname for the three of us. Oh what? What was it? The three losers. <laughs> Oh, that's awkward. This whole situation is awkward. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe it's a British thing. I don't know. Um, but the idea of someone I've never met before just coming up to me and be like, Hi, Ryan. I knew you were friends in school and I'm their daughter. Hi. I'm like, uh, why are you here? <laughs> because I am your daughter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, the, the two Phoebes seem to be getting on fine. But I, I don't know how I'd react in this situation. It would be very much like a, that's nice, why are you contacting me? Okay. Yeah, especially if you're in your beach house in the middle of nowhere and some person comes along going, like, I know you. Yeah, I mean, I guess nowadays, they, you know, they'd message you on social media and be like, hi, and then, you know, that would be the introduction. You wouldn't just be like, knock on the door, hello, because <laughs> that's the awkward part. Yeah. Just like wanders into a house and it's like, hi, we have somehow have some kind of vague connection to each other. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, um, it's strange. It's strange. Um, it's still raining, uh, so no one can enjoy the beach, but that's okay because there's sand in the house. Uh, so the rest of the gang decide to make the most of it. Joey wants to make even more of it 
and suggest playing strip poker. Well, no, he says, uh, why don't we play just rainy poker? And then he very quickly goes, no, strip poker. <laughs> the gang say no, because uh, they don't want to. Uh, have you ever played strip poker, Mark? No, no one, no one has ever suggested when I've suggested that. Um, what I th- See, this is strip poker. Your brain kind of goes, it could be sexy, but it's not going to be. It's going to be embarrassing and funny. Like the word strip gives it a sexy connotation, but it's actually just embarrassed poker because there's nothing sexy about you being like five or six, you being stood around slowly taking clothes off. Like it's not a strip tease. It's just right. Now we can see Ryan's hairy boobs. Like it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not going to be sensual. And even if there is like, you know, someone you find attractive there, that's not how you want to be seen, especially for the first time. It's not you want to be seen naked for the first time. Well, and also- it's weird. Because Monica and Ross, siblings. Uh, you well, let's 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 step. Let's come back to that in a second. Uh, because yes, yeah, strip, strip poker is awkward because people wear different amounts of clothes, like different layers layer amounts. And as we see in this episode, that happens where they're like, "Oh, I'm going to take off my, you know, my jacket," and Joey's like, "Oh, I'm only wearing a t-shirt and like some shorts." So you have that side of it. Um, and then, yes, we've got the Ross and Monica angle, which gets weirder because, you know, you don't want to see your sister naked or your brother naked, right? Maybe they stop at underwear, but I'm like, well, yeah, I still don't want to see my siblings in their underwear. But then what's the point <laughs> of playing, playing strip poker? Like, you know, stopping in your underwear is like, yeah, that's the same as you being in your swimsuit at the beach. Right. So that, that's not awkward in any way. But then what's the point of doing strip poker to that level? Logically, it's the same. Like logically, it's the same as being in you know uh, swimwear, but psychologically, it's different because you don't expect people, random people, to be seeing you underwear. You expect either you no one to be seeing it, or your person you're about to sleep with to see it. Yeah. Um. So you know, like oh, you know, like, you see my underwear uh, again. We're boys, so I wouldn't really care. I'm like, yeah, that's my pants, Mark. Yeah, exactly. Your um, your, your little tighty whities. Well, it's either going to be so uncomfortable, everyone's going to hate it, or. It's gonna be you're gonna be perfectly fine being naked in front of your friends and not care. Yeah. Um, I I went to a, a spa in Europe uh, in the not so re- in the kind of recent past, and at first I was like, oh, I'm a shy British boy. I can't take this robe off. People will see me. And then you know I, I managed to kind of pluck up the courage to do it. And then I, I got and after about ten minutes I was like, naked. She's great. Everyone should be naked because it's just it doesn't. It's not sexual. Like it's only like I guess the British and our sexual hangups that make nudity seem sexual. Um, but because this isn't a sexual situation playing strip poker, I imagine it would either just be embarrassing and cringy, or I'd just be sat there with everything hanging out, and you'd be like, oh, uh, take a card, Ryan, or whatever, like, you know, I don't know, you play poker, got any sixes? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just be like, yep, and then I'd be like, I don't know, you'd either care or you wouldn't, I, like, nothing about it is sexy. I'm just thinking someone would say to you, cold in here, Ryan, and you're going, nope, just really, really small. <laughs> that You say the nicest things to me on this podcast, but I do. <laughs> Um, I have not seen yeah. you naked, so I've uh, no idea about how you look. Yeah, we've already established that right now. I'm wearing a robe so. and, and multiple <laughs> other layers as well. Let's let's be clear. I'm actually very warm. I'm gonna take the robe off. To be fair, and we'll have a strip podcast going on. Oh, I bet. Oh, the cameras stopped working. I can't see you anymore. <laughs> yeah, everyone just stops listening. Like <laughs> weird. Everything dropped off at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Rachel is bored, and she wants to paint Ross's toenails. Uh, but he objects, and she says, but you let me do it once before. Uh, Chandler, an itchy band for men, uh, pull a face at this, which I find really weird. I mean, women always want to do this. They, they just want to, to put makeup on everyone and everything. 
Like I'm sure it's yeah. fun for them, but I I know a little bit is like, hey, I got a boy to to you know have his nails painted. Whilst at the same time thinking his nails look nicer now. I I don't think I've ever spent longer than an hour at a house party and it not became some kind of doll for women to play with and put like hair grips in and pigtails and make it starts with Ryan can I plait your hair and I go oh I'm sure and they plait my hair and then it's gonna give you pigtails and it's like sure and then once the pigtails go in it's like oh what about mascara and foundation and lipstick and rouge and then before I know it I'm basically in drag not yeah. a very good drag but drag I mean uh, they are trying to make you look better rather than being scruffy I think they just, I think it's one of those things that traditionally like men are masculine and like and like, I can't do that I mean I grew up as like a, as a rock kid I guess so painting nails in like my scene was for standard like nearly everyone had like black nail polish on and you know then the emos would have their eyeliner like boys and girls so it wasn't ever seen to me it was just it was just a fashion thing it was never like a, a gender thing it was just you know these people care how they yeah. look they put much effort into it and given that you know I'll happily wear jeans and a hockey shirt every day you know makeup was never really a thing that I'm dabbled with because I just didn't have the effort well at the same time Chana has bad, had bad experiences with this where you know his last girlfriend ish um you know he wore her underwear and then she took his clothes that's fair that's fair but it's just their faces and i'm just like especially especially ichiban i'm like come on joey well he hasn't done that yet so well we don't know when he makes the tape do we we know that you haven't seen the tape yet but when does he because we don't see him go to japan at any point before that in the series we've got to assume he does it pre not that he has to go to japan to film it no, no, I guess he could have just filmed. He it could have just filmed it here, but but at the same time, Joey, Joey is a, a a masculine man, or he likes to think of himself as that a lot of the time. Fair. Um, I mean, it wouldn't bother me. If people wanted to paint me on as and make of me. That's fine. Maybe I'd pick up a few tricks and be like, "Oh, I look much better now." Oh, as patrons, if you want to, if you want to give us an extra tip of you know five quid, that'll do. Uh, you can come around and paint Ryan's nails for him. Yep. Anything that gets rid of the bag on, bags under my eyes, like please, please volunteer. Because every time I go into Lush, so that, what, do we? Have, I'm sure Lush is international, right? I don't need to explain. Probably. What Lush is. Um, I go in and say, "What have you got for the bags under my eyes?" And they always say, "Drink more water, get more sleep." And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm here, so I don't have to do those things." <laughs> like I have do, to, do you have like, a product I can give you money, and they give you bottled water and some sleeping tablets? It's why, like, I don't buy half of this, like, cosmetic, like, you know, like Avon, like. I'm trying to name a cosmetic anti-aging oil of ole Nivea for men nonsense. Yeah. Because I'm like, if it worked, wouldn't it be way more expensive? And there wouldn't it be like 90 different versions of it. They'd just be like the one that worked. Because they've all got the same active ingredient, I guess. So you're just paying for branding, same medication. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I don't want you to fix the things that I can fix. I want you to fix the things I don't want to fix. <laughs> like, it's like, like if you walk and walk in a shop and immediately come out, you know, hench, like you do that because I don't want to go to the gym. I don't have to put, if I wanted to put the work in, I would go to sleep, I'd drink more water, and I'd go to the gym. But I don't I want to be lazy and cheat. I want to sit down, eat KFC, play my games, and look good. And, and, listen, what... and listen to a friend's podcast. Yeah, that's what my money's for. <laughs> yeah, I think we should get back on topic now. <laughs> yeah, but still, just saying. Um, yeah, but Rachel then chases Russ around the room with the nail polish uh, before she ends up straddling him on the sofa and the pair show another lingering eye contact moment. Could they kiss? Will they kiss? No, because Phoebe gets home and kind of breaks the tension. It's Phoebe Which like? I find really weird. I'm kind, caring, and sweet. What's Monica like? <laughs> uh, no, the other Phoebe, the one you went to go see. Oh, 
I think she knows where my dad is. What? Really? Cool. Well, where is he? She was actually she was pretending like she hasn't heard from him in years, but I found this picture on her fridge. And look, isn't this what he would look like now? <gasps> totally familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why would she lie to you? I don't know, but we're having dinner tomorrow night, so I figured she's going to tell me then. You know, maybe she just wanted to give him time to buy me presents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're all bored? Oh, oh yes. Um, all right. I'm going to close my eyes and point to someone, and you, whoever I point to has to come up with something fun for us to do, and we have to do it. Okay. All right. Fan okay. out. Fan out. Okay. Ooh, you know, we could just do this. Okay, um, we all have to play strip poker. Oh, yes! How excited Joey is. Oh, yeah, so I, I, I jumped the, the gun a little bit with that clip there. Uh, but I wanted to say, you know, the moment where Ross and Rachel are, are staring at each other, that's when you know that someone likes you is, is like that kind of moment. Yeah, like it... It's difficult to put into words. You just, you just feel it. Yeah, like um, you, you can see at that moment, like, yeah, they're both into each other, and if the kiss happened, like, there'd be no issues at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, what, yeah. I mean, I'm oblivious to, to 99% of stuff, um, especially when it comes to, you know, the, uh, the affections of, of people. Um, uh, yeah, it just, it's just odd. Um, but it's the way Phoebe interrupts is just weird um, because how have you got into that moment to begin with I've never been sat in a room full of people and had a moment like that what where you could be left alone well I'm like if, if I was sat in a room with you know you and like friends and stuff and then you know me and a girl were like you know messing about on the sofa whatever that kind of intimate moment of oh this could happen now is I'm with you guys hanging out. Like it isn't going to enter my brain that I should do that. I don't know. I I feel like if if I was in the room there and I saw that happening, I would keep away because I'd be like, oh, look, clearly they're having uh, a moment here. I guess you wouldn't interrupt and be like, hey, can I get get you a drink? Do you want a pizza? You'd just be like, uh, yeah, they they clearly want to be left alone right now. So I think it's fine. Oh. Not so much that someone would interrupt, just that I don't think psychologically I would enter. I like, if I were Russ, for instance, I wouldn't suddenly be like, ooh, lingering kiss moment with Rachel, because I'd be aware that you're all in the room anyway. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it depends on the, the room's layout and situation and stuff, because it's very easy to compartmentalize yourself and feel like no one else is around you. Does that make sense? I guess maybe. You kind of get lost in each other's eyes type thing. Yeah, yeah, like certainly, um, you know, it's it's very easy to let's say you fall asleep on the train and close your eyes, and all of a sudden you don't realise that you're in on a train surrounded by like hundreds of people. So yeah, I really like the way Phoebe's like fan out, fan out, like you know, and, and then pick someone, and Chana just goes strip poker, like because he had no idea what to suggest. Yeah, he was just like uh, pressure idea, the one I heard last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> which which is which worked well for Joey. It does. Um but Joey couldn't find any playing cards, Mark, so the gang have to play Strip Happy Days game. Which I think is something that someone has made and you can buy. Oh well, well I assume you could always buy the Happy Days game, but they've actually made the strip version. Yeah, I I saw something on Reddit uh when typing in a, a quote from this. 
but yeah, you know, sometimes if you don't have a, a deck of cards, you use whatever you can to hand. But you know, if you want to see your friends get undressed, you know, you could you could play strip tiddlywinks if you wanted to. But you know, if, the, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, <laughs> I think suggesting tiddlywinks is a a weird phrase. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Ross earns five cool points in strip happy days, happy days game. Um, this is how you make someone. This is how many you need to make someone strip. That's that's the rule. You need to have five tokens. Um, he picks Joey. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the funny thing, right? So whenever someone suggests something that no one else wants to do, you're always going to pick on like the host or the creator of that idea. And and you know, I think it's right. And this is the point. Like Joey's like, yeah, we should play strip poker, but everyone is going to pick him because they do not want to strip. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like this is your idea. You're getting punished. It's it's like whenever we play multiplayer games, everyone will target whoever's house you're around. It's like they're the host. We have to like target them in Mario Kart or whatever. For I don't I don't know what the psychological reason is. Yeah, it's just I'm you know I'm sat in Mark's house. Mark has to lose. Yeah, <laughs> the host can't win. Um, but some time passes, and now Rachel has enough cool points. Um, she gets Joey's boxes, and uh, it seems everyone has been picking on Joey. Which, like we said, is, is just the rule. Yeah, he does not look happy. He's pretty upset. He is. Um, but that's what he gets. Um, I also know you can tell that this was totally an unspoken idea and the gang just went with it. At no point did they like, you know, conspire to be like, we'll all pick Joey. But Russ would have done it, and then the second person would have done it. And at that point, the whole gang's like, yes, yes, yeah, here yeah, we go. Yeah, we're going for it. Um, but Joey doesn't want to take his boxes off because it's cold. So he offers to give the gang a peek, and I quote, a peek at the good stuff. <laughs> He's certainly not an insecure man, is he? <laughs> well, no, like, I, I get, you know, if it's uh, if it's cold, you don't want people getting the, the wrong impression of you. But giving them a peek is still going to give them the same impression. So uh, I, I don't know what he's trying to offer here. I think he's just, I'm cold, but you know you, you can still see it if you want to. Like it's in Joey's mind. That's the objective to see Joey's Joey's good stuff. It's the whole point of the game. So, <laughs> so well, you, can still, you can still have your prize, but I want to keep these on because it's chilly. And I'm sure everyone has already seen his good stuff before at some point. Certainly Monica has. Yep. Uh, Chandler obviously has. I assume Ross probably has at some point as well. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. So it's not exactly a surprise. No. Um, <laughs> But at this, Rachel decides she needs some more margaritas. All right, now I'm going to make more margaritas. Well, hey, what are you doing? Trying to get me drunk? I'm just making margaritas. <laughs> Here you go. Help her out. <laughs> what is going on here? What? Are you painting his toenails? Oh, come on. Chasing him around the room? Monica, please. Oh, yeah. He's totally flirting with you, too. He is, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just being here at the beach together, or I don't know, but it's like something... Hey! Hey! Hi, Bonnie. Hi. My boss let me off early, so I took the train. Oh. What are you guys doing? We're playing Strip Happy Days game. <laughs> cool. I'll catch up. Add Rachel. Bad, 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 Rachel. Just well, I like the way Monica's like, oh, he's kind of flirting with you too. It's like it's Ross being Ross. Like <laughs> is that he's flirting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we know he's other flirting is you know there. There's other types of gases that smell. 
<laughs> yeah, she's not exactly smooth, is he? No. But, I mean, I guess I guess Monica would know. You know, she's she's known her for a long time, and when he thinks he's being suave or flirty, she's gonna she's gonna know a baddie as that, and be like, "Yep, why yeah. she's trying to flirt?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but is this Rachel's Paolo blackout moment? I kind of feel like it is. Like she's she's lining she's lining up what she wants. She thinks she's gonna get it, and then bam, Bonnie appears. Yeah, just without the laughing. And then Bonnie takes her shirt off immediately to catch up. Yeah, which I think um, is kind of interesting of her because it's only Joey that's naked at this point. I mean, I guess technically, like everyone needs to catch up, um, but she's clearly fun. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's a, she's a free spirit, I guess you would say. Um, it's what, what your grandma would say about her. Like, she's a free spirit. <laughs> Just. <laughs> um, but the next morning, uh, Monica is making breakfast, and Chandler brings up being boyfriend material. Let it go, dude. Like. And your initial reaction, fair enough. Like, you're going to be like, okay, that was a strong reaction. Like, where are you coming from? But to, to continually bring it up, he's just weird now. No, well, it is weird to bring up, but I get it from Chana's point of view. He he wants to know what is wrong with him. Like, clearly this happens a lot. And it's happened with you, my friend of X amount of years. So what is wrong with me? Why don't women like me? Like, tell me. Like, you clearly know the answer. And it's, and I guess it's kind of frustrating when he's not getting that. I think a lot of the time it was just a case of you've never seen the person that way, so the suggestion does seem funny because you've got to kind of flip your whole your whole perspective. So it, you know it might not be a particular thing, but just well, Chandler being Chandler was going to obsess. For her, it was probably no fault was needed. She just laughed and wasn't thinking too deeply about it. But Chandler clearly is thinking deeply about it. I am curious. Like, does does she have a reason, or is the reason just you know like she can't say? Like, I don't fancy you, but she doesn't want to make him feel ugly. Like, what? Like, what is it? Yeah. Um, but Rachel comes downstairs, um, complaining about being kept up all night by uh, Ross and Bonnie's antics. Um, I think that's fair. I'm sure all of them were probably complaining because it's probably not a what's what's the word like a a well uh, the walls are pretty thin, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah, that, just... that, it, there's not there's nothing worse than than that in a hotel or a house or whatever because it's just awkward. Yeah, I mean, literally, like you can't see my show notes, but they're literally the words in my show notes. Um, there's nothing worse than being kept up people enjoying themselves. One, no one wants to hear that. Like, just no. But two, it reminds you that you're not enjoying yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Especially if that's someone you're into. Like, just just no. Like, I, I wouldn't want to hear the person I, I was I, massively crushing on enjoying themselves with someone else. <laughs> Actually, the the worst thing is hearing you enjoy yourself if I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> you would not want that. I don't know why, but my brain assumed that you meant that I'm enjoying myself with someone or you enjoy <laughs> no, yourself no, yourself. No, no, <laughs> no. No, the other way around. <laughs> do, do we need, we need to soundproof things? Like damn, yeah, but it is it is awkward, and it, it's one of the things that you'll never bring up ever. You'll hear it and just be like, "Nope, let's not reference that." Like it's not getting brought up. No, because it's awkward. Um, but while Rachel is complaining, Phoebe shushes her because Joey is asleep. Um, yep, he's asleep with his hands on his big sand mermaid boobs. Yeah, this is a an absolute classic image. And I think it's the thing that, you know we would all do to each other of like yeah they're lying on the ground asleep let's cover them in the sand. I I don't think that we was artistic enough to turn someone into a mermaid. I feel like we'd just make them a giant willy. 
that's a good one as well. But you know, covering people in sand is quite fun. Uh, it is highly dangerous as well at times. Yeah. Um, there's certainly been some accidents in the past where that's happened and you don't realise that actually when you put sand on someone it doesn't feel like that bad but if you're under the sand depending on how much they put on you it can actually be very difficult to get out yep I, I have been buried in wet sand before um, after the after shore and like where I'm not going to drown yeah. but they're like deliberately wet it and compacted it down and it's essentially like cement I'm like you just can't it just forms like a vacuum and you just can't get up no uh, and then you're like, no, guys, let me out. And everyone's wetting themselves with hysterics because, ha, hey, Ryan's stuck on the floor. And I'm like, no, seriously, guys, like, get me up. I can't move. <laughs> but um, I, I, I did like the way that Joey, like, he wakes up and is like, what, what is this? Oh, boobs. Nice. <laughs> he's like, I, I can stay for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but Russ and Bunny then come down. Uh, Rachel excuses herself and goes for a walk. And, and that's when Russ wakes up Joey and compliments him on his breasts. Um, but this is one of my favorite things in TV shows is when you see the shot from the opening titles in an episode like it's super meta yeah um and i just like it there's loads like this you know like in, like in buffy when the the witch mom throws the spell at buffy and it bounces off the mirror like it's cool oh that's the episode and i like i like a both seeing those clips in an episode and i also like watching the titles and they've been like that's the episode that's the episode because I guess yeah. I hate seeing clips in intros, and you're like, it never appears in a in a season, and you're like, where's that from? And yeah, like, why did you cut that? Why did you cut that? Yeah, that looks interesting. The extras, yeah, it's just like give me more of my show. Um, but yeah, later that day, Bonnie goes back to the house after having a swim, and finds Rachel on the bench reading. Hey, what happened to you? Oh, nothing. I just felt like hanging out here and reading. The water was so great. We jumped off this pier and my suit came off. Uh, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, Joey and Chandler sure are funny. Oh. <laughs> I think I brought back half the beach in my hair. It was so much easier when I used to shave my head. <sighs> you know, I gotta tell you, I just loved your look when you were bald. Really? Oh. Because I think about shaving it all off again sometimes. Really? Yeah. I mean, you definitely should do that. You know what? I should do it. Yeah. You know what? Thank you, Rachel. You are so cool. Oh, stop. Come on. <laughs> now go shave that head. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty bad of Rachel there. Yeah, while we process how despicable Rachel's behavior is, let's have an advert break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, on our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends.
And we're back. More bad Rachel. She just keeps being bad. Yeah, uh, that's... uh, You know, women can be pretty nasty to other women, and this is one of the worst. Yeah, there's a a family guy joke um, where it's like, men, we know how to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) It always makes me laugh. Um, and this is this is one of those moments where it's just like there's just this weird, sometimes animosity, I guess, in female friendships that you know I guess it's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, it, it's weird. It doesn't exist in like men friendships. Like at no, no point, but I'm like, let's get Mark to do something stupid. Well, I guess you do something stupid, but nothing that would like detrimentally affect your life. Like I might be like Mark, drink that milk, and then it's gone off, and you'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. But, but I wouldn't be like Mark, but... go get a face tattoo. Yeah, or, you know, you wouldn't do it in a nice way either. I wouldn't be like, Ryan, you should definitely wear the black T-shirt because the black one looks amazing on you. I would never yeah, do like, it in a, in, a, in a way that looks like it's, it's a positive. Yeah, I feel like if, and if you did, I'd be like, okay, Guck one. Like, it wouldn't be received with anything of any sarcasm. You yes. know what I mean? It would just be... Although once I was told, um, it was during the lockdown and I was at work and I had my face mask on and... I basically had like an itchy chin. So I've taken my face mask off and over the lockdown, obviously, while not leaving the house, my beard had gone from completely clean shaven to having a beard. And one of my colleagues from like, you know, social distance away saw, I went, Ryan! And I was like, oh, like what? And they went, never shave your beard again. And they basically told me that I look a million times better with a beard and that I should never shave my beard again and this look is good for me. But I didn't take that as a compliment. I took it as, so you're telling me I'm prettier when you can see less of my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's how like men brains, like male brains work, I guess. Yeah. Um, but this this is awful um, for two reasons. One, it's Rachel trying to destroy a, you know a, a new relationship that's forming, and that's just underhand and terrible. Well, we've seen this a few times with Ross hiding notes from potential boyfriends, and that was pretty icky. And I guess that's this is on the same sort of level as that, but maybe, maybe worse because there's some uh, I, I guess some personal stuff happening as well that could be bad. It annoys me more because Bonnie seems lovely. At no point has she upset anyone other than Rachel with her, you know, prettiness, I guess. Yeah. Um, she even said to Phoebe, like, I want to go out with Ross. Can you check if that's okay with Rachel? So Phoebe, Bonnie's been great. You know, she's, she's checked everything's here, asked for permission, you know, turned up. She's been nothing but nice. She hasn't been off with Rachel because she's Ross's ex and it's Ross and Rachel. You know what I mean? There hasn't been any anything but lovely vibes from Bonnie. And she thinks that Rachel's her friend and thinks that, you know, it's the start of a friendship and Rachel's being nice and Rachel's being encouraging. And it's, it's the fact that it's like this underhand motive behind it. That's what I think I'm more mad at than they're trying to like home wreck the relationship. I think it's that someone's put in their trust in her and she's deliberately abusing that. And that makes me angry at Rachel. Well, Ross's other girlfriends have, have always found Rachel kind of scary and yeah, they probably should. Like Bonnie is, is kind of oblivious to, to how Rachel can be. Um, I guess I suppose every, I guess a lot of the others were like intimidated because like oh my god look Rachel's Rachel's so pretty and Rachel's so this whereas you know Bonnie's a confident outgoing free spirit who's very very pretty so she probably doesn't see Rachel as the right as the same level of threat that I guess the other Ross girlfriends did yeah but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is pretty horrible for what she's doing because like I say she's not just trying to wreck a relationship she she's messing with like Bonnie herself it, and that's like a weird thing to do because yeah, it's just horrible. I don't like it. It's underhand and, you know, shame on you, Rachel Green. Shame on you. Yeah, but it's not just me that's upset. Phoebe is also upset because other Phoebe has cancelled on her. But, you know, obviously, you know, it's devastating for Phoebe. She wants to find information about her dad. And it's just 
just Vince took away from her. Yep. But it's okay, because Phoebe has a plan. As other Phoebe, older Phoebe, is out of town, so Phoebe's is going to go into a house and look for clues. <laughs> so, some would call that breaking and entering. <laughs> None of those people are here tonight, though. It's probably my joke of the episode. It's just the way she's like, you know, sassy Phoebe's like, are any of those people here? And all the gang are smart enough to be like, no, no. They're, they're not. But I just, it's such a Phoebe thing to do as well. It's like, oh, she's not at home. I'll just go break in. As if it's the most normal thing in the world. Well, because we, it's very easy to forget, like, how, you know, how street Phoebe is and how hard her life was and how she she used to be. So a lot of this stuff to her is probably fairly normal, whereas like Ross doing it, you know, he he was brought up to a different standard and, you know, you would never ever consider like do it breaking the law. Whereas Phoebe's like, no, there's, you know, you can push the law a bit. I did it when I was younger and got away with it. I, I had a friend once who had lent me a computer game and hadn't told me they wanted it back or they, they were going to turn up and they just kind of arrived at my house in the middle of the summer one day and no one was in. Um, but my window was slightly ajar. So <laughs> this friend of mine is basically just called and gone, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in the city centre. So like, oh, well, I want my game back. And I was like, oh, well, I'll be home in like two hours if you want to like chill or come into town and we'll hang out together or whatever. And they were like, no, I want it now. I'm just going to find for your window. And I was like, all right. No, I didn't see it as a problem. Uh, but I live in quite, or lived then in quite a rough area. Um, but it's one of those areas that has a bad rep from the outside. But if you're part of the community that's in it, like the community really looks out for each other. Um, so <laughs> people in my area have seen some random person they don't know climbing through our window. And then like a basically gang of people have actually appeared outside the house apparently. It's like berating him. Like, get out, what are you doing? And got like quite aggressive. And he's eventually had to explain like, no, I'm, you know, I know Ryan and like, you know, name all the family members. And, like, I'm here for my copy of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, and it's one of my favourite stories because I was just like, well, yeah, that is what my area was like at the time. It was, you know, like, yeah, it was rough if you weren't from here, but if you were from here, we stuck together. But I could just imagine what it looked like if climbing through the window. Um, That's quite funny. funny. Yeah, but, you know, breaking and entering. It is breaking and entering. It's not wrong. What's weird, random law tangent, is that you don't have to actually break anything to be breaking and entering. So if the doors are unlocked and you walk in, you're still breaking and entering doesn't make any sense because i'm not breaking anything apart from insurance companies who will clearly quickly say to you i'll be left the door unlocked that's your fault yep like i wanted a smart lock um because it's cool the idea that i can just tell my digital assistant to lock and unlock the door or you know as i get close it will pick up my phone and automatically unlock the front door like it's cool technology is cool is it that hard for me to put a key in the lock no is it cool that technology means i don't have to yes it sounds cool until you realise how easily hackable that sort of stuff is, and then you're like, oh, I'd rather have a yep. key. And I didn't get one because I found out that uh, insurance companies um, will not will basically invalidate your insurance if you have a smart lock fitted because it's so technically easy to hack them and get in. Yep. Um, so if you have one fitted, um, don't because you, know, or you can, but you need to have a normal lock as well, which kind of makes the digital lock pointless. Yep. But it's still a cool idea. Um, but I do like it when Phoebe gets fiery. It's a lot of fun. Um, Phoebe's leaves, but the gang are soon distracted by Bonnie reappearing, but without her hair. Yep. That's, uh, that, that's a look all right. It is. Uh, she didn't actually shave her head. No, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Ta- wait, we need, we need a little fact, fact jingle right now. 
because you know we're, we're we're really confident on this one yeah well i was like it's very convincing i was like is she actually bald i can't tell if she's bald um and i was like I got curious enough to be like, I'm going to check. Well, because so a, like, a lot of actors will wear a bald cap and it's fine when you have short hair like mine, you can get away with it. She has lots of hair. So where, where are you going to shove all that? If you, if you shove it like around the back of the neck or that, she's just going to have this weird bulbous neck or this weird bulbous head going on. Yeah, there's uh, like cone heads or some stuff. But they're, they're very clever with the use of the towel to hide the rest of her hair coming out. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, but yeah, Christine Taylor did not shave her head. And I also found out another random fact while discovering this fact. Uh, she's married to Ben Stiller. Oh, really? Okay. And I was like, but he was in an episode, and she's in an episode. It's just a whole Stiller, Stiller crazy party. Yeah, I wonder if they were were married when this happened, like the episodes, and that's why she's on, or... Well, according to the celebrity gossip I found on Wikipedia, they got together, started in a few things together, broke up or separated, and then lived together over the course of the pandemic. And over the Christmas pandemic, they were like, oh, yeah, I still like you. And they got back together. Oh, so it's a recent marriage then. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the, 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 the reunion is recent. I don't know when they separated, but yeah. they were living together over the pandemic. And then it re, the, you know, the old flame was reignited, which is quite sweet. Yeah. Considering everyone else was like, I'm fed up with you. Will you not just go out the house for five minutes? I mean, my girlfriend became a lesbian in the pandemic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, there is too much penis around all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's there all the time. I can't escape it. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's nice that the, to hear the story that the pandemic was good for someone's relationship, at least. Yeah. Um, everyone in the room is absolutely stunned, apart from Rachel, uh, who's smirking. Hi. Hi. Just having a little chat with uh, Bonnie, and uh, guess what? She she happened to bring up you know who was behind the whole um, head shaving idea. And now who was it? Was it, was it? Oh, that's right, that's right. It was you. <laughs> that was her idea. I just gave her a nudge. She said you gave her the razor. <laughs> no. Hey. So, anyone up for a midnight dip in the ocean? Uh, I'm good. No, thanks. Okay, I'll see you in a bit. Okay, have fun. Bye. See, she doesn't look that bad. You can see the moonlight bouncing off her head. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? I don't know. You don't know, Rachel? You balded my girlfriend. All right. Ross, do you think it's easy for me to see you with somebody else? You know what? Hey, you're the one who ended it, remember? Yeah, because I was mad at you, not because I stopped loving you. You still love me? No. You still love me. Yeah, so you, you love me. <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> what does this mean? What do you, I mean, do you want to get back together? Or? No, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Ross. I still can't forgive you for what you did. I can't, I just, but sometimes when I'm with you, I just, I feel, I just... What? I just, I feel... I just, I just... What? I feel... They kiss. Yep. Bad Rachel, bad Ross, everyone is bad. Just all the badness, no. 
I mean, she could have done that without convincing her to shave off her her hair. Yes. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, wait, that was an option. You didn't have to go down the bald route. I, I do like the way Ross did the whole, hmm, I wonder who did that. Hmm, who was it? Oh, it was you. Yeah, look, Ross is a smart guy. It hasn't taken him long to work this out. No. What I would have noticed him would have been his face when uh, when Bonnie was like, "Oh yeah, it was Rachel's idea," and then he was like, "But all the realization would have would have hit." I would have liked to have seen that expression. Yeah, and and I guess for Ross, part of it is him initially starting off with like, "Why would you do that to my new girlfriend?" You clearly know I'm not going to like her bald head, and then at the same time he's like, "But Rachel, what if we were lovers?" Like I can hear the Gumpher voice in my head as he's like as he's talking. I mean, th- you raise an interesting point about him not liking her when she's bald. Um, it- it's it's weird because it is it shallow to be like, oh, this person that's that's cool and amazing and great is now suddenly less physically attractive, so therefore I'm less into them. I I, I mean, don't think it's shallow. I think it's uh, a preference, really, isn't it? Like, you know, are you into girls with short hair? Yes. If they had really long hair, would you find them as attractive or desirable? Maybe not. So well, I, I think that, I think it's fine to to have preferences and be like, look, I I like this or I don't like this. And certainly, if you like someone who has long hair, and suddenly they cut it all off, you are going to be be less attracted to them. Oh, that reminds me of another story. Um, oh, this is, this is like tan- tangent episode, isn't it? <laughs> I'll be brief. Um, when Jess and I were together, um, I woke up once and was basically getting like whacked in the arm, and Jess was really mad at me. And she was like, you didn't even, you didn't even tell me I warned me. And she's like, just really angry. And I'm like, oh my God, like what's happened? Like what's happened in this dream? Like, oh my God, what the hell? And then I'm like, oh my God, maybe I cheated on her dream. I'm trying to work out like, how can I calm her down? Cause she's being hysterical. And I'm like, what have I done in this dream? And I eventually managed to calm her down enough, you know, after like eight whacks in the shoulder. I'm like, Jess, what's wrong? What happened? What's going on? And she's like, I had a, I had a dream and you cut your hair without telling me. And Jess didn't, wasn't really a big fan of her, to be honest. Like it was, it wasn't like, she was like, oh my God, one's got long hair. Isn't that great? It was just it was there. Like, I didn't realize she had so much of a preference. But yeah, she got mad at me for cutting my hair in a dream and what, about nine times. And I was like, you can see, Jess, when you woke up that I've got my hair. Like, it's still here. <laughs> um, but no, she still decided to whack me like eight times in, in angry frustration. And then even the next day, after we'd gone back to sleep and woke up, she was still mad about it. Because like, I guess dreams have that ability to, you know, make you feel the emotions even if it's not real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess it would change potentially how, how someone looked. But I did a lot of thinking on this, Mark. And I've decided that its level of shallowness is directly kind of in proportion to how long you've been dating and how serious it is. So if you've been on one or two dates and then suddenly that person drastically changes their appearance and you don't like it anymore, it's probably not that shallow to me because most of your attraction at that point is probably based on appearance anyway. Yeah. Because you know that's why you've gone on date one, date two, date three, whatever. If... It's your wife of seven years and she walks in one day with her nose ring that she's never had before and you suddenly like, oh my God, I'm going to break up with her, then that's shallow because you're so much more invested in that person for everything other than their looks at this point. There's so much more to it that if one physical attribute could change, are you actually that in love or do you actually care about them that much? Um, Potentially, like I guess for, it depends on each person. Like take a Love Island contestant. They're only interested in looks. And certainly if, if their partner changed their looks, that would be absolutely devastating. Even if it is like a years later. Whereas you, you're more into people's personalities and stuff. So yeah. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's different for everyone. I don't think you can 
say it's shallow because you've been married for seven years. You can still be find them less attractive because you you like a particular style or whatever. I feel like it would just be some. You know, if I've been with someone for a long time and they they drastically change their appearance, I feel like people are like, oh, well, I still love that person, so I would you know just wait for their hair to grow back or well, or you know you'd adjust to it. Sometimes people it be put, like yeah, but sometimes people look weird. So the same way, if you shaved off all your hair and beard right now, you would look odd. Or if you wore glasses and you took them off because you wore contacts, you might be like, oh, it changes how you completely look because of the, the glasses were a part of you. Well, sometimes, Mark, you know when men, man brains do man brain things and women brains don't work like women brains? Yep. Um, me and my partner were having a conversation about how like men are more visual when it comes to dating and women are more personality-based. And like you've said, you think I'm more personality-based. And I was like, yeah, brandy points for me. <laughs> um, I was making the same point to her. And she was like, no, you'd leave if I got disfigured or got fat. Uh, and she thought the get, get disfigured thing was more likely. And I'm like, actually, I'm probably more likely to leave you if you got fat. <laughs> and she got <laughs> annoyed. <laughs> and she's like, well, and I'm like, well, if you get disfigured, like, you're not going to deliberately cut up your own face, are you? So, like, an accident's happened, it's none of your fault. So, I would, like, want to support you through that and love you. And, like, yes, you may only have, like, half a face, like Harvey Dent, but, you know, th- that's an unfortunate event. Whereas getting, you know, really fat is a choice, essentially. Like, you- you're not just going sh- yeah. to wake up one morning and put on 12 stone, is she? Like, you know, same like me, I'm not going to wake up one morning and tomorrow and be 32 stone. It, it would have been a process over time where. I've, you know, kind of, to lack of a better phrase, let myself go. So I'm like, well, that that indicates more of a personality thing than a looks thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I get the idea of what you're getting at. You could have a gland thing or something, but, you know, whatever. But yeah, I just found it funny that I saying that thought that was like, this is logical and, well, you know, not get me brainy points, but won't cause, cause offense. <laughs> she was a bit like, what? For my weight change, leave. And I was like, oh, that didn't mean it like that, but I'll put my foot in it now. But yeah, still, but. Speaking of uh, putting foot in things, the Ross and Rachel's little smooch, little, little smoochy time, is interrupted by Joey and Chandler because, as you mentioned at the start, Joey wants to practice strip poker one on one with Chandler. <laughs> yeah, like clearly Joey's like, look, I need some practice so I can win. Why they need to strip, I don't know. They could have just practiced poker. Uh. But yeah, clearly Joey's not thinking this through, and Chandler is very much thinking, "No, Joey, I do not want to get you naked." Yeah, it's what part of what makes Joey so lovable is that he has a thought and he acts on it. He doesn't plan or think through because logically, you'd be like, "Right, I want to practice strip poker. Let's ask one of the girls." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Bunny Beach, so we can't ask Bunny. And it might be a bit weird to ask your mate's girlfriend if you could practice strip poker with her, but whatever. Um, and then obviously Rachel's in the middle of the conversation with Ross, so it still leaves Monica and Phoebe. Yeah. They're perfectly viable options over Chandler. Not well, to make him feel not boyfriend material, but, you know. I guess, I guess Phoebe is kind of doing a breaking and entering at this point. She is. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, good point. So, this is Monica. Fine. She, she's very competitive. Even if she said no to you, I'm sure Joey could fi- figure out a way to make it so she doesn't want to lose. Yeah, I've, I've already written the line in my head. Like, you'd be like, so, hey, man, you want to practice some strip poker? And she'd be like, no, 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 no. But like, you know, Monica... Forfeit counts as a loss, and then immediately she's <laughs> playing because she wouldn't be able to lose. Although Joey should be pretty good at poker because the the poker game episode, like the boys were having to teach the girls and were ribbing them and all sorts, and you know Joey wasn't too bad. No, maybe he gets distracted at the thought of nakedness and he's, all his game goes out the window. Yeah, maybe he he starts off better when you're wearing clothes, and then as you slowly undress, he gets worse. Or maybe the rules are different. Maybe strip poker is not the same as poker. 
Um, I assume it's just when you lose, you take off some clothing. It's really boring. You think you could have put some twists into it? Well, well, when when you win, instead of winning money, you win the choice of picking someone to take some clothes off. This is the problem with traditional card games. They're just not mechanically interesting. Right, let's move on. Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. But Rachel takes her leave um, after the boys interrupt. Um, but then we join Phoebe, breaking into Phoebe's. Um, I really enjoyed writing these notes the amount of times I got to write the word Phoebe. Um, Phoebe. I had to start writing Phoebes and Phoebe, otherwise I was confusing myself. Yeah, I have no idea who's who at this point. Yeah, so look, Phoebes is Phoebes, and then Phoebe is old Phoebe. Cool. Um, but Phoebe is out out of town that's why Phoebes is breaking in um, but Phoebes is not good at it for a girl who grew up on the street you think she'd be better uh, she's super loud she gets her butt stuck on the window walks into some wind chimes but again it's a good thing the house is empty and that leads to our final clip from your fridge, okay? Because I know that this is my father. Yeah, this is Frank Buffet, and you were standing right there next to him. Now, look, I deserve to know where I came from, all right? So if you can help me find my father, then you should. Otherwise, you're just mean. So just tell me the truth. All right. The man in that picture is Chuck Mangione. My father is Chuck Mangione? No, no, that's just Chuck Mangione. I, I sold him a house last year. And I'm very sorry, but I really don't know where your father is. And that's the truth. Oh. But, um, you're right. I think that a person should know where they come from. Which is why I, uh... Uh... Okay. I'm your mother. Huh? <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to tell you yesterday, but I just, you know, I felt all floopy and... Floopy. That is definitely Phoebe's mum. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um, I, also, I also love Phoebe's delivery of, huh? <laughs> just like the way she does it. Just really tickles me. But damn, like that is not, you know, anything we saw coming. Well, the, yeah, this this does get a little bit confusing with Phoebe because she's got her mum who she never really mentions. She always mentions Pop. her stepmum who killed herself. Oh, I'd say they're going to get, you know, destroyed in the comments. But I always just assumed that Phoebe's suicide mum was her mum mum. No, I don't believe so. Now you're making me question myself. I thought that the woman that Phoebe thought was her mum, we've now found out, isn't her mum. No, like, I'm, I'm sure her mum and dad gave her up and then she has her stepmum, who she lives with. Which is why, like, she was kind of just all over the place. Okay, fair. But yeah, I, you, you're making me doubt myself now, which is really bad for this podcast and you might have to edit this out. No, we won't edit it out. We can keep it in because it will get our lovely listeners to engage with us more. Oh, one star on the the Apple podcast, as you call it. Uh, they don't know their stuff. 
No, we can, you know, they can do it now. And we can sneak these socials in now, Mark, without them noticing. <laughs> we can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so that that's her mum who's, in a lot of ways, it's kind of fairly disgusting how she has like, kept away from Phoebe like this, but tried to pretend to be close. I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, these kind of stories pop up kind of all the time. And, you know, you walk past the, like, rubbish OK magazines in the supermarket and you'll see, like, you know, person thought cousin was cousin, turns out to be, like, mum or whatever, and all these, like, crazy family stories. Um, and it's normally, you know, like, young daughter gets pregnant, you know, grandma raises baby as their own because of, you know, the shame on the family. And I imagine it's something that will happen less and less as, you know, society evolves. But it's not unheard of for stuff like this to happen, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's, certainly when it comes to like adoption and stuff like that, like there's there's reasons and it it can be difficult to deal with. Yeah, uh, but we we leave that bombshell to find Joey telling Ross that he and Rachel are so getting back together. Um, but Ross says Rachel isn't even sure what she wants. Um, Chandler tells him that he needs to back away as he doesn't need that kind of hurt. But then he admits nah, that he's never had a long term relationship. We probably shouldn't be giving relationship advice. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, of the two boys, I would probably take all of Chandler's advice before I took any of Joey's. <laughs> uh, yeah, jo- Joey isn't best with the advice, is he? I mean, just Joey. Joey's successful with women, but he's not successful in relationships. No. Um, you know, like anything along in free dates, and Joey loses his interest, which is which is mean. And obviously, Joey does evolve and change as the seasons go on. But right now, that's pretty much all we've really seen of Joey. Like he had his like momentary like, oh, it feels bad to not get called back when you know Kate's kind of yeah. you know making him sad, but it doesn't really stick for long, does it? Yeah, I, I guess Joey, um, in his advice, you know, gives you the opportunity to to be, uh, I guess, risky. Whereas Chandler is more, you know, serious and probably the advice you should take. Yeah, Chandler's advice sounds like the advice of of a long term friend, which you know, to Ross, he is. Um, because look, look what it did to Ross when they initially broke up. Like, does he really kind of want to let himself get invested again? It's very sound advice from Chandler. And even though he doubts himself, I do think he's kind of spot on. Well, yeah, because this time, you know, he says, like, if, if she doesn't know what she wants, then you need to back away as well. I don't know if that is the best advice. But at the same time, like, Chandler's been like, look, she doesn't know what she wants. So she might just hurt you because she, she's unsure in things. Yeah, and I guess by backing away, it doesn't really explain whether he means, you know, break up, call things off with Bonnie, wait and see what Rachel wants. Does he mean continue to date Bonnie until you find out what Rachel wants? Yeah. Um, I mean, no one seems to think of Bonnie apart from me, really. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for him. It would be really horrible for him to continue to date Bonnie while waiting for Rachel to make up his mind and completely kind of waste Bonnie's time. That would make it feel dreadful, I imagine, if it, if it came to that. Um, so I think his first decision is how invested is he in Bonnie and what does he, where does he want her to go, irrespective of the Rachel situation? Like, it's just common courtesy, I guess, and respect to, to do that before you think about anything else. Yeah. Um, but Ross wants to go upstairs and finish kissing Rachel, but on cue, bald as a cue, I'm hilarious, uh, Bonnie gets back uh, and she goes up to bed, she kisses Ross and tells him not to be too long. Yes, Ross, do it for dinosaur nerds everywhere. <laughs> Two amazing women want him. That could be us, Mark. We could be Rosses one day. Do we want to be a Ross? Do we? No. Oh well, I I mean I, I clearly have related to Ross far too much. You're the you're the anti Ross person of the podcast. Yeah, I, I I'm more of a Chandler. 
that that's that's who who I relate to. He's my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, sure it's not Gumpher. Trying to walk around as your lover. <laughs> as your lover. Well, no, we know we know Gumpher has a pretty successful life. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think uh, I aspire to be a Ross, to be honest. But just think, Bonnie's fun and really cool, and he's finally moving on. Oh, uh, Mark, are we going to get another list? His channel his laptop with its three megabytes of RAM coming back out. <laughs> it might, it might do, right? You know, and it will just be, she's not bald. She's not Rachel. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's not like, Rachel. There's always going to be, always going to be the the killer lion, I guess. She's not Rachel. Um, yeah, not Rachel. <laughs> um, but Ross doesn't know what to do. Um, but Joey is curious. If he picks Rachel, does that mean Bonnie's free tonight? Which is such, such a <laughs> that Joey is, thing. That is so gross, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like he doesn't even care about his friend. He's like, "Hey, well, she's free. I'll, I'll happily, you know, take your place." That is a very we, gross thing to say. We do overly deep dive sometimes in in this podcast. Uh, I say sometimes every episode, um, but it does kind of show you Joey's view on women, I guess, and it's kind of gross. Well, I wasn't even thinking it from that side. I was thinking it from a friendship side. Like, if you had just broken up with a with a woman, me going, "Hey, do you mind if I message her later?" Like. It's kind of gross from like the perspective of us being friends and you know you having feelings that you've got to deal with and I'm like hey I'm gonna get with her now. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I was dating a girl a couple of years ago and uh, a friend of mine matched her on a dating app. Um, and you know, message was like hi, you know, blah blah, like cool shirt, whatever you say as you're opening on a dating app. And she was basically like hi, um, she might be cool, but as I was you know dating Ryan. A few years ago, like this isn't really gonna happen. Um and then she and I were chatting about it and I was like, uh, you guys knock yourself out, like I don't care. Well, like, I, I guess if there's like some some time separation it's fine or how serious the relationship. But at, at the same time, uh Ryan, uh you know, women talk and when you got weird stuff on your body, it's probably safer that they didn't date her. That's true. I mean, to be fair, most of the weird things about me this I probably already said in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that that is true. <laughs> Uh, but no, I don't think. Immediately, there has been like a, a lot of time in between the, the, those situations. But I, I just would, it just wouldn't occur to me to ask. Like at no point, even if I secretly had the like the biggest crush on my friend's partner ever, and was like, oh my god, like my life is incomplete unless I'm with this person, which would be icky, but still, um, I still wouldn't ask like that quickly. Like you know, like the, especially before you've made a decision. Like like I'm trying to influence you. Like go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. Jump her. Jump her, Mark. You yeah. only want to get married. Jump her, Mark. like there there isn't it sad oh look i'm naked like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's pretty gross of joey to ask this yeah um but we then get a really awful awful piano arrangement of what turns out to be one of the friends themes um but it's so dreadful you only really notice it from the last couple of notes i hate it and it almost it didn't ruin the episode but i just ran and want to rant about it a little bit because it was crap it was just horrible terrible piano-y music as, as Ross stands in the corridor between Bonnie and Rachel's room and we have trying to work out you know which one's he going to pick well we've got to have that kind of piano-y music every time there's a, a sentimental emotional bit be- between Ross and Rachel uh, Scrubs uh, the TV show that's come uh, ruined sentimental moments for me even in real life because someone will say something really, you'll be like oh Ryan 
I, I, I totally appreciate like the friendship we forged over making this podcast. And then my brain's going to go, I just do that thing from <laughs> Scrubs all the time. Like, oh, it happens all the time. Someone will go like, oh, Ryan, you know, you're a cool guy. And I'll go, bah, bah. no one ever says that. But if, they, <laughs> if they did, my brain plays it automatically. And then sometimes I have to stop myself from laughing while I'm having like a really sentimental conversation because I've just got Zach Braff in my head humming that tune. Oh, it's a bit like the, the Seinfeld thing, isn't it? If if after the time you do something stupid and it play, plays that at the end, yeah, just why not? But Mark, we have an important question. Go, go ahead. Who would you pick, Rachel or Bonnie? See, it, in this situation, it's a tough one, right? Because Ross and Rachel, they had like a year long relationship. He's liked her for you know most of his life at this point, and Bonnie is a girl he's been on free dates with. Mm. So. You know, and he didn't want to break up with Rachel. You know, she broke up with him, and things happened. Shall we say? Like, ultimately, he he has to go with Rachel at this point. But it's also awkward because you know Bonnie's just turned up at the beach house, and now you're going to be like, "Hey, Bonnie, uh, I don't want to see you anymore because uh, my ex wants to get back with me, the one that's here." Like, it's so everything about it's bad. Like, I don't yeah. think you. You should make a decision at this point. And it might just be... I don't know. I don't even know how you would deal with Bonnie. Because if you go back, he knows what's going to happen if he goes into that room. Which he knows would mess things with Rachel even more. It's it's just an extremely difficult choice. But I think ultimately he has to pick Rachel. There's there's nothing that Bonnie offers at this point in time. Which which goes beyond you know what he has for Rachel. Would you not go into Bonnie's room and then try and take Bonnie into Rachel's room? I don't think Rachel would be up for that. I think Bonnie would. Uh, but, but, well, yeah, but Bonnie has already told us she would. And it's only in later episodes that we learn Rachel has had her own little by side as well. And it took True. her quite a bit of time to, to come to that realisation, I guess. Um, but no, I'd, I'd, you know, <laughs> you know what? This, this actually could have been a joke in a Friends episode where Ross does like broach that subject and you know exactly how it'd be if Ross be like well you know like why don't we how about me if I bring Bonnie over you know how that joke would go in your head yeah he'd probably get left out again to be fair like he's <laughs> been there once got too many bad memories <laughs> he's just like no <laughs> never again never again that's a good that's a good point maybe I'm being melodramatic here but I would pick Bonnie because the level of kind of manipulative vindictiveness we've seen from Miss Green in this episode um, would probably massively impact how I felt about her. To be honest, I'd be like, wow, look, look what she's willing to do when she kind of, you know, wants to get her own way. That's not who I thought she was. And I'd probably, nope, I'll date the bald girl. Yeah, but at the same time, Ross doesn't know if this is just like a, a short day or what's even happening. Like, they've, they've had three dates at this point. So he doesn't know where it's going. He doesn't know if he's even like really into her sort of thing. And yes, he's trying to move on because Rachel has shut it down the whole time. But uh, I, th I think picking Bonnie would be the wrong choice. I'm sticking with it. I'm going with Bonnie. Okay. So I'm you're going to give up Rachel forever. And the possibility well, that, that Bonnie will be the one. Well, I guess that's like, it's not necessarily giving up Rachel forever, because as far as Ross was, you know, concerned for the past couple of weeks, um, Rachel was already gone forever. So 
you know, he got he got survived it once. He could survive it again. And Bonnie has never done anything wrong or anything negative, or there's not been any drama. So I'm like, you know, talk about baggage. Rachel's got two suitcases and all that. That we're <laughs> on a break. Even the girls' head baggage as well. Well, right, I think we're going to have to disagree there, but I would love to hear from our audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, email us at contact at watchingfriends.com. Who would you choose, Bonnie or Rachel at this moment in time? We want to know. Let us know. Or maybe neither. Maybe you'll be like, nope, neither. Bonchick's bored and one's mean. <laughs> <laughs> you go home and get back at Russell by yourself. <laughs> yes, that's a, <laughs> that's a cool back and a half. Yeah, it is. Um... Uh, but Ross walks into a room and says hi, but then the screen fades to black and we don't know who he picks. We'll just have to wait for the beginning of the next season. Which, oh my God. Now, it is the final episode of season three. Um, who did Ross choose? Thankfully, I don't remember the trauma of waiting from when, when this initially aired. I would have seen it when it aired, uh, I'm sure. Um, but... I guess the the kind of the gap between TV series was standard then. So you'd be like, oh my God, we've got to wait. And then you just accept pretty quickly you have to wait because that's how television worked. And it's obviously uh, going to be Rachel. Well, yeah, it is kind of more interesting from an arrow standpoint if you think yeah. it's Rachel. Um, but I don't remember, but given what we're like nowadays with like streaming content, I imagine if you were to air Friends nowadays, or maybe even back then. I imagine there was like lots of water cooler shots. Like, oh my god, we've got to wait six months for, for the new season of Friends. It would have been, you know, an annoying thing to do. But it's smart. Yeah. They do like to leave us on season end cliffhangers. Yeah, I guess, like, we binge watch TV on Netflix and that there's, there's no need for these cliffhangers. Or the cliffhanger has to be every episode now. Uh, certainly yeah. Breaking Bad did, did an amazing job of that, where you'd get through an episode and you'd be like, I need to see the next episode right away. Um, I didn't finish Breaking Bad, so... Okay, well, it's it's an amazing Welcome. show, but yeah, with these, like, they would have to have the the season cliffhanger at the end just to be like, you need a reason to come back for the next one. Which um, I find really funny, given obviously the level of fandom we have for Friends. Like the idea that that three seasons in, you need to talk me into season four. Like, I'm like, no, I'm there. Like, you could have literally ended this with him going, "We're getting me and Rachel are getting married." I'd still be there for season four. Yeah, it's about it's about building up hype because obviously they replay the seasons and they want people to talk about it during the break. And you know, remember the the discourse was different back then. The internet wasn't around as much, and you know, it'd be about you and your friends talking about it rather than going onto Reddit and discussing it in detail. Uh, yeah, um, but unfortunately, Mark, the episode slash season doesn't end there. We've got like the little post episode gag that with American TV and their weird book ending of shows for their adverts um and it's channeling locking the door and talking to monica in his weird dating voice and him and monica just goofing around and like i hate this i was like no just you can't give us the like you know ending and then just go here have a bit more friends because it ruins the impact of the cliffhanger it's like you just give us more cliff it's so just like, i don't they do it most of the time there's been a couple times where they haven't but most of the time they're like it's on a sad note we can't end it on a sad note here have a joke so it's funny I mean, I guess when the joke's funny, I don't mind, but I didn't find any of this bit funny. Yes, yeah, a little <laughs> bit odd. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, whack. Oh, okay, cool. That's the that's now that's now the taste I've got left in my mouth for for the X amount of week wait before season four. I'd have been annoyed if I could remember the way. I'm sure because I'm like, really, that's how we're gonna end. You know, I want to end on that. <gasps> Who's he picked? Not. Oh, look, Chandler's on his knees talking about some American reference. I don't understand. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I wasn't particularly great fan of the end of the episode, but as the way to end season three, it was very good. Um, and it's a very good season. Def- well, I would say, I, I'm actually a little bit disappointed with the season overall. I was looking forward to it. And I think the first half is actually very, very strong. Um, it's quite exciting and interesting, and there's a lot going on. And then from, I don't know, about episode 15 onwards, there's not a lot happens until this final episode. They're, they're all kind of filler episodes with Pete. Um, and just, I don't know, the, the, the humour isn't there. There's just very average episodes. I think if I was to pick episodes or seasons, like season three and... Maybe four are up there with like my favourites, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a every episode in this season to me is at least a seven or an eight out of ten. You know, there's, there's the odd ten out of ten, nine out of ten, but for the most part, they're, they're all hitting high uh, for me this season. So overall, as an aggregate season, I guess I would give the season a score of you know eight. Okay, yeah, I I don't know what score to give. I think maybe we will do a Patreon episode at some point where we give each season a score and maybe some of our best episodes and stuff like that. Uh, it requires a bit more thought than what I have right now. Can we do it like Bruce Forsyth and, and play your cards right? Or like, is it higher than a four? Is it higher than a four? And then we can like pipe in some sound. Well, you could do, you could like, well, do. No. As long as I get to walk on like a... What was the other game show where there was like buzzers that you had to push as you walked up the stairs? I wanted, wanted to do oh. that. I want to walk upstairs and, and push buzzers. They're like, yes, it's a, and it's a higher, yes. The one that Michael Barrymore did. Oh. There's a few people, but uh, we won't we won't think about this for twenty minutes. As uh, I can see, it's on your face right now. Yeah, there's going to be like four people listening who go, "Oh, I know what they're talking <laughs> yeah. about." Most of I'm turning off now. <laughs> Just yeah. like who's Michael Barrymore? <laughs> but I, I guess the 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 best thing about this is that there is a long wait for season four, but not with us because we will be back in a, a whole week's time. So you, you won't have to wait long to find out what happened between Ross and Rachel and our thoughts on that as well. And. In terms of you know ending a season and starting a season, it's a pretty good one-two punch having this episode followed by you know the one with the jellyfish. Yes, like it is. It is very good. Like yeah, you I have bookends. These are the ones you want. I really like this episode. Just like the the whole scene, everyone has something to do. Do they're something really funny every every single moment, which the previous episodes have kind of lacked. Um, you know, like Phoebe has a storyline, Joey has a storyline, Chandler has a storyline, Monica. You know, everyone has has like a big moment in this and lots of laughs. Uh, it's really enjoyable hearing all their their different things, but they're they're in the same building together yet they're all having their own little moments off to the side, and it works really well. Um, I I really enjoy this episode. Yeah, there's not a second of time that feels wasted. No, I think I think is good. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's the end of the episode and the end of our third season as well. Yep. So if you enjoyed us, uh, you can. Support us on Patreon, because I know Ryan won't do the socials. He normally skips to the end as quickly as possible. I tried to sneak him in earlier, but... Yeah, so you can you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Send us a, a couple of pounds our way. Just say thank you for another season of Friends, because we'll definitely be back next week with the start of season four. And you can also uh, write to us at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow those so you can keep up to date when there's new episodes as well as new Patreon episodes. Um, you can also contact us at watchingfriends.com. There's a contact form there, or just go to contact at watchingfriends.com. Send us a nice email. We like to read stuff out. And they can leave us five star reviews on their podcast app of choice. Probably uh, Apple Podcasts, because that's the most popular one, but... It, google podcast or spotify or wherever else yeah. you find us 
we don't mind where you listen just the metrics tell us that a lot of you do so on apple podcasts which i think is the same for pretty much all podcasts yeah i guess we have no preference though listen where you listen yep. we love you all so i think we need to talk about phoebe's mum there because you didn't know and then you made me unsure if i knew the truth about phoebe's family elucidate mark let us know what's the situation so phoebe's biological mother and mother and father are phoebe and frank or so we shall we say frank senior yeah phoebe well this is where it gets confusing so let's let's call her by her full name phoebe abbott is phoebe buffet's mum phoebe abbott left her with frank and lily and lily is what phoebe calls her mother but is technically her stepmother Okay. Then Frank left Lily, Phoebe and Ursula. And Lily then lived with a new man who Phoebe calls her stepfather. So she's been like passed around to different people the whole time. And then at the same time, Frank Sr. also lived with a new unnamed woman. And they had a son called Frank Buffet Jr. Who's Phoebe's half-brother. And then Frank Buffet Sr. then also left that family. And then at around the age of 14, their stepfather went into prison and that's when Lily killed herself. And then the girls separated, went on different paths, blah, 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 blah. So that's why Phoebe's mum is still alive. The one that she calls her mum is actually her stepmum who killed herself. But after... Many different breakups and, you know, uh, her stepfather going to prison, all sorts. So, like, yeah, her Phoebe, Phoebe's family is rather convoluted. And it's like she's passed off, you know, first off, she's passed off to her dad and a new woman. And then her dad leaves. So she's passed off to her stepmom and a new dad. And then her new dad goes to prison and then her stepmom kills herself. And so, like, the original mum and dad are still still there, just kind of scattered around, but don't... I assume they must know what have happened, but obviously didn't care, which is quite horrible, really. Sounds like a whole show in itself. Like, just, just that story arc and like that family drama could be an entire season of a different TV show. Yeah, because we obviously get to meet Frank Sr. at some point in the future. Uh... And he's, uh, obviously we'll get into this at the time, he's, he's an interesting character, I guess. Uh, but it's kind of horrible how, you know, both her like biological parents just left her and clearly were keeping tabs on her. Um, yeah. And then it's didn't weird. care to, to intervene at any point. Yeah, like, oh, the stepdad's a criminal and the mom's committed suicide. Swing into the rescue, maybe. No, we'll just carry on doing whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah, and certainly, like, you know, Phoebe's like biological mother was like pretending to be like the friend of the family still. It's it's you know when you think about it quite deeply, it's quite horrible. I mean, like I guess depending on ages of when it all happened, maybe it would be might have been too much to be like, "Hi, I'm actually your mum." You know, when Phoebe's like ten, but you know, surely you should come clean. You know, when Phoebe's an adult, at least, you'd expect that from people. Well, you know, it comes across in like. Um, the the next episode, I guess, where basically she's like, you know, it's it's been difficult. Like, how how do you go? Oh, hi, hi, child. I'm your actual mother. Like, I abandoned you. It's it's. I can understand why she didn't in some ways. Um, 
and I hope people will excuse us slash you of not fully understanding this because it is just a mess to understand it all. It's, it's very convoluted and fundamentally, to be fair, not that important. Like, all you need to know is that this is Phoebe's real mother and the person that she thought was her mum wasn't. Like, yeah. that's the important crux of the argument. The actual interdynamics and family trees of everyone isn't really important. No. So, which is why the show doesn't spend a whole lot of time on it. <laughs> hopefully, that helps explain it to you for those that wanted to know as well. And with that, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me as well.